Hi everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein, I am your host, I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach, and today I'm going to be discussing why abuse victims are so hard on themselves. To begin, victims of abuse oftentimes have a lack of self-love. This is usually because early on, primary caregivers lacked healthy attunement, healthy attachment. There was a lack of empathy, compassion, and ultimately unconditional love. As a result, victims have a weak, diminished, or even broken sense of self or a broken ego. This throws off the balance of the id, the ego, and the superego, which means the individual will, be, will become emotionally dysregulated. According to Sigmund Freud, the id, the superego, and the ego, when balanced, will create an equilibrium within, and therefore there will be emotional regulation. When imbalanced, it will create dysregulation and chaos. The id is the impulsive and unconscious part of our psyche, which responds directly to the immediate basic urges, needs, and desires. Superego is the function that is controlling the id's impulses, especially those that society forbids, such as sex and aggression. The ego works out realistic ways of satisfying the id's demands, oftentimes compromising or postponing satisfaction to avoid negative consequences of society. So with a lack of love in the ego, the superego will be compensating the superego, again, is that part of ourselves that tries to regulate impulses, and therefore it'll become critical. It'll become extremely rigid, controlling, and demanding to feel in control in this state of chaos. It will become a tyrannical inner critic, and therefore victims of abuse who lack that self-love will have this inner critic, which is strong, oftentimes abusive, again, why they are so hard on themselves. Abuse victims cannot blame their parents, and as a result, they start to blame themselves. They become extremely self-reflective, rigorously self-reflective, start to identify anything that they have done wrong as the reason why they are being mistreated. They become hypercritical of personal mistakes, usually feel tremendous guilt of everything that goes wrong. They see themselves at fault, needing to fix what they messed up even if it was not their fault. Another reason why abuse victims are very difficult and hard on themselves. Narcissistic parents are notorious for meticulously keeping their children looking inward to avoid their own self-reflection and subsequent inner feelings of shame. Victims of abuse, specifically narcissistic parents, will become very critical of their own shortcomings, constantly trying to figure out why the parent is upset, blaming themselves for what the narcissistic parent has done to them. Victims of abuse feel that if they do and be good enough, they will be loved. This love specifically to an abuse victim, is like oxygen. So they will beat themselves up, be very critical towards themselves until they become what is needed of them in order to get this very conditional love. The love-starved and the love-craved child will very often do literally everything and anything to get this love, including become what other people expect of them, oftentimes losing themselves completely. Because of the deep fear of abandonment that exists with most abuse victims, they will self-abuse and become what they need to be in order to fit into a relationship. They may become codependent, enmeshed, put themselves in a narcissistically abusive relationship. Mistakes and disappointing others is terrifying, and it can lead to disappointing their abuser. So they will criticize themselves and their shortcomings to assure that they are good enough for their partner not to be abandoned or rejected. In addition, a symptom of abuse is the defense mechanism of perfectionism. This is the idea that being perfect will assure that one is loved and therefore will not be abandoned. Because of this, abuse victims will criticize themselves, really criticize the parts of themselves that they do not like or they feel that are unlovable, even cut off elements of themselves that are quote-unquote not perfect. 
This extreme criticism will be a defense against insecurities, shame, weaknesses, perceived flaws, and shortcomings that will go against the idealized self-image of perfection. This perfection, again, is a matter of survival. They need to be perfect. They feel they need to be perfect in order to hold on to the bond and not be rejected or abandoned. Furthermore, abuse victims many times have not developed the life skills of self-love, empathy, and compassion. It was never mirrored to them. They were never attuned to in early childhood or very few times has that been the case by primary caregivers. As a result, the relationship they have with themselves is usually abusive much in the way that they were abused. They've, in a sense, internalized the version of the outer abusive parent. They then become their own abuser. In a sense, this is also a way of connecting to their abusive parent by creating the abuser in themselves. Walking away from this inner critic, walking away from the self-abuse of the introjected abusive parent will leave them feeling more isolated and alone. So being one's own abuser, as strange as it seems, keeps the abusive parent alive in their own inner world, in their head, and protects them from losing this fantasy bond, essentially protecting them from full-on abandonment. In addition, as mentioned, the superego steps in to be the parent of the abandoned individual. So because the individual who's abandoned needs to regulate themselves and, in a sense, be their own parent, raise themselves, because the parent is abandoning, abandoning and neglectful, the child needs to start early and continue throughout their life, become their own parent, govern themselves, in a sense, be their own parent. The tyrannical superego serves as that function of being the parent and therefore the individual will develop a relationship where they are abusing themselves in order to discipline themselves and raise themselves. Abuse victims are usually focusing on negative elements of themselves. They create a sort of identity, a negative self-image. This is done to confirm the confirmation bias of inner negative core beliefs. Core beliefs such as I'm worthless, I'm ugly, I'm a disappointment. So focusing on the negativity or negative emotions or negative elements of oneself serves to confirm these beliefs and alleviates this anxiety of these beliefs potentially not being true. So it alleviates that cognitive dissonance. Once negativity is focused on, it perpetuates a negative self-degrading mindset and self-talk, which is very difficult to get out of and correct. Victims of abuse feel the need to shame and mistreat themselves in order to accomplish. So without harsh treatment, they oftentimes feel lazy and therefore won't accomplish. This is not the case for everyone, but many victims of abuse see accomplishment as love or see approval and acceptance because of one's accomplishments, because of what they can do, not for necessarily for who they are, as love. And therefore, the need for success and reaching goals at all costs becomes a way of life. And the negative self-talk, the sort of bullying oneself to become what they can be, to become enough, becomes a feedback loop and therefore fuels the motivation to become what other people want them to become and essentially succeed and accomplish. And finally, self-discipline or inner criticism, extreme self-bullying is a way to maintain the false self. So victims of abuse oftentimes exist in a false self. They have created this false self to keep their shame at bay. So the critic is fighting to hold on to the false idea of oneself, the false self, in order to assure that there's no kink in the armor of the false self if they're if the false self were to fall away they'd be forced to reveal their inner shame something that they desperately do not want to happen so they're constantly fighting with themselves and being critical of that false self if it is not perfect if it's not idealized if they're not living in this false world and it does fall away they'll be forced to face these negative emotions which they are running from many times so I want to talk about some of the ways in which we can get out of this negative feedback loop and actually start developing a relationship with oneself that is not so self-abusive and critical. 
The first way to do this is developing a relationship with oneself that is compassionate. Like I mentioned, these things may feel awkward, strange, and usually things that have not been adopted because of a lack of compassion and empathy early on. Developing a relationship with yourself, becoming your own best friend, treating yourself like a loved one is a habit. It's a relationship pattern that needs to be developed. We have to start treating ourselves well. If we don't, we continue to self-abuse ourselves. It does not necessarily lead us to happiness and fulfillment. It's vital to find people or find a loved one, a compassionate therapist, a friend to assist you in this process, to hold space for you and create the safety that you need so you can unpack the relationship you have with yourself and identify why it's there, whose voices you've taken on, how you start to treat yourself in negative ways because of those relationships, usually early on if there was abuse, start to see how those voices got set up, how the relationship with yourself is in a sense a continuation of the way you were treated and start to shift out of that and create a healthier relationship and a more loving, compassionate relationship with yourself. It's vital to confront your inner critic. This inner critic is not who you are. It's, again, those voices, those people who mistreated you, who bullied you. So you got to confront the, those voices, those negative messages, that inner critic, and start to fight back and not necessarily just allow yourself to treat yourself like this. One of the things that I do with those who reach out using the mind map therapy system is role play. We actually do a form of role play where we face our abuser. Many times we can't face our abuser in real life because they're too dangerous or they'll continue to abuse. So in role play, you're actually able to face your abuser and in role play, stand up for yourself. Really what we're doing is we're facing the abuser in our head, challenging that self-talk, identifying how it's not ours, who it came from, and start to take our power back by putting ourselves first and creating a healthier, more loving, compassionate, self-talk that is created from within. It's important to develop a healthy, nurturing, and loving relationship with our inner child. Many times our inner child is wounded. As a result, that negative critic is actually the inner child hurting and trying to express him or herself. And therefore by us being the parent to our inner child and lovingly and compassionately creating a dialogue where we interact and communicate with that inner child, developing a relationship with that inner child, where that inner child can trust and be vulnerable and love. Therefore, Getting in touch with that inner child is vital because otherwise we become critical and in a sense we abuse that inner child. So we have to allow that inner child to show up, be vulnerable, and develop that relationship with him or her so that we can integrate that inner child and no longer self-abuse. Lastly, letting go of the need to impress and accomplish to be loved and good enough. We have to understand our associations of love. If it has been with accomplishing or being good enough, in a sense, succeeding. We have to see how that association was made up. Usually it's made up in childhood where we were not loved for who we are, but what we were able to accomplish and how were we able to make our parents feel. See that association and break that association and create a healthier one, one where being enough by yourself, unconditionally loved, that is what we need to develop because otherwise we are constantly running in the direction of being enough for other people, getting love and approval outside of ourselves, which never leads to fulfillment. And ultimately we continue to be very hard and cruel to ourselves. If you are struggling in this way, if you are of somebody who's very hard on yourself, if you find yourself very motivated by negative energy of accomplishing or being enough or doing enough for other people in order to get love and acceptance, please understand it's a very, very common symptom of being an abuse victim. Healing is very, very necessary and very possible. So do allow me to help you in this process because once we do work through it, it's amazing what we can accomplish if we are nice to ourselves, if we develop a loving relationship with ourselves, compassion, empathy, love are fantastic motivators, ones that will leave you 
feeling good, feeling fulfilled, and ultimately lead you in the direction of your true goals. So do allow me to assist you in this process. I offer a free 15-minute consultation. So reach out to me via email, yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com by phone, 252-696-4852. I want to thank you so very much for joining me for today's episode. It's an absolute honor to bring you this information today. And until next time, all the very best.